0: It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 255 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're talking about the A's doubleheader sweep of the Twins. The A's have now won 10 games in a row. They have the fifth best record in baseball, and they were 0-6 at one point. This has been quite the turnaround. It's been so much fun. Uh, We're also going to talk about the Orioles, which uh, they are the A's next opponent, so we'd like to get you ready for the A's next opponent in that third segment, I also talked to Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. I have a nice interview with him. It'll probably go about 35 minutes or so. Uh, That'll drop on Friday for you guys to get you a little bit more insight from behind the scenes uh, or, you know, (laughs) somebody who watches the team at the very least. So uh, we got that coming up for you guys on Friday. I'll tell you all about Matt Harvey's start against the Marlins in the third segment, but we're talking about the A's doubleheader sweep and about the A's in the first two segments. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, Before I get going, though, please follow us on social media at Lockdown Aids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and on the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAphletics at gmail.com. So let's get into these couple of games. I'll start with game one. Let's go game one. That was a lot more fun and less nail biting for sure. Uh, Mitch Moreland played hero in this game. He hit two home runs on 0-2 counts off of Matt Shoemaker, who apparently he just owns. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Good job on Mitch Moreland. Uh <laughs> Walk-off Mitch, as we like to call him, uh, he apparently didn't need the walk-offs today. He was just like, here, how about I just hit some dingers and we don't need to walk it off today. And so he provided us with a little bit of a reprieve. That was nice of him. The guys ended up winning this game 7 to nothing because Shamanaya won a complete game, 7 innings, but still, complete game. Those were all of the allotted innings in the game. He completed them, complete game shutout. And he looked fantastic yesterday. He went seven innings, gave up six hits, nowhere earned runs, walked one, struck out seven. He is pitching lights out right now. And I... I love it. I love Sean Mania. He's one of my favorite pitchers. When he isn't doing well and people are mad at him, it hurts me. I really, he is a wonderful person. I've actually, uh, I've I've said it before on the podcast, but I did some press work for the A's, or you know, not for the A's, but about the A's a few years ago and I was just sitting on, on the dugout bench during batting practice and he came out from the clubhouse and he's like, hey man, how's it going? How's your day going? And I was like, why are you talking to me? I am literally nobody. You don't know me at all. And it was just a nice thing like that. It could have been him feeling me out and seeing like, what's this guy about? But uh, I thought that that was really cool. And uh, I'm in his debt forever. So that's nice. Uh, This is obviously not the best that he's ever pitched because he has thrown a friggin' no hitter. But this is at that same level. Shamanaya is firing on all cylinders right now. And I'm very excited to see what he has in in store, potentially against the Orioles. I'm not sure how the A's rotation is going to fill out just yet because it's Tuesday and he would start on Sunday. And these also threw out Jesus Lozardo on Sunday. So we don't, one of those two guys is going to pitch on Sunday in Baltimore. Not sure who it is. Uh, I kind of want to see Shaumaniah go against. Former A's legend Matt Harvey, uh, the Dark Knight himself, should be starting that game on Sunday, so that should be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, the A's won this one 7-0. Matt Olsen added a grand slam, which, I mean, everybody was thinking it, and boy, I, I love Matt Olsen grand slams. I like Matt Olsen home runs, but Matt Olsen grand slams just feel better because his swing is just so sweet. And uh, yeah, he he crushed that ball. That was a lot of fun. Uh, overall, great game. The A's also stole four bases, two of those by Elvis Andrews, who, uh, breaking news got on base and I, I've been trying to manifest Elvis Andrews and his breakout for a few episodes now and I feel bad because he's had some really bad luck. He he was drilling balls at uh, Yuli Gurriel. That's not great. Uh, he also has had some just picked in the outfield, like on, uh, on Tuesday in game two, he had a nice ball hit to left field that, uh, that the left fielder made a diving catch for. These are things that you would hope would fall in if you're struggling and they're not because baseball hates Elvis Andrews. And I really want to change that because when he gets on base, you can see the impact that he can have on a game. He stole two bases. He got on base once, stole two bases. And I, I definitely credit him for the A's, uh, Surgeons, resurgence, because they haven't really done. Still, they haven't been stealing bases in the past. So I'm just going to call it a surgeons in uh, in stolen bases recently, because he came to town. Ramon Laureano was like, hey, how do I steal bases? He's like, here you go. Here's how you do it. And uh, now apparently Ramon Laureano steals all of the bases. Mark Hannes can steal bases. Uh, Also, on Tuesday against the Twins, it kind of felt like the pitcher-catcher combo there uh, did not care that they were stealing bases because they were not paying attention to the runners at all. Steven Piscotti had a stand-up stolen base. So that's how much, that's how many dams they gave was zero. Uh, So that is... Partially to credit for the A's four stolen bases in Game One, but uh, overall, lots of fun to watch that game. Very, very good time. Jed Lowry continues to be a vampire. He just keeps getting on base for nothing. Uh, There was a there was a ball hit like right at uh, Miguel Sano, and he dropped it, and it was standing, and it was just by his foot, and he tried to pick it up like three times, and he couldn't. The A's ended up having first and second on that one. They didn't score, but still. Jed Lowry, Vampire Magic. It's real, you guys. Uh, and Shamanaya, he was basically, uh, usually he's a three-pitch pitcher. He usually goes a little bit on the sinker and changeup, and then he throws in the curveball as well. He basically did not throw the curveball. He threw five in 95 pitches for his complete game. He went mostly sinker, like 70% sinker, I believe, and then 25% changeup, which was about what he usually does. But he just loaded up on that sinker and... The Twins batters could not take advantage of it, and that was a lot of fun. How much of that is related to the Minnesota Twins' uh, COVID outbreak and them being off for a few days, I'm not sure. But that might have been his plan of attack, was just go after these guys because their timing is not good right now. And the, the Twins did not score. They did not look great offensively in either game. And that I don't know how much of that is the A's have been pitching really well, and how much of that is the twins do not have any timing right now. Uh they they hit some balls hard, but not super hard, and usually it was on the ground. I think that uh Shamanai had like nine hard hit balls against and four of those were directly into the ground. Uh, uh one of those at least was a double play ball uh in the first inning uh off the bat of uh, Nelson Cruz, I believe. Um yeah, so they were hitting the ball but it was lazy flyouts that weren't like great. So, if you're Sean Manaya, you definitely take that. Uh that that's basically most of game 1. I got some some news and notes to get to before I ta- talk about game 2 here in the second segment. So, first off, uh, this happened on Monday, but I haven't talked about it on the podcast. Kai Tom got DFA'd uh, to make room for Stephen Piscotty, who was coming back from paternity leave. So he's back. Uh, Stephen Piscotty's back. Kai Tom is uh, currently on waivers. If no team claims him, then the A's have to offer him back to the Cleveland Indians. And uh, if they don't want him, then he gets to stay with the A's. But uh, it's a long shot that that will happen. They, the A's just don't have at-bats for him, as Bob Melvin told reporters. And that's kind of why they let him go. Uh, of Likely let him go. And Seth Brown has been doing an excellent job in his stead. He's looked great. Vilmiama Chin got a start in game two. That he Made a great defensive play. His bat's not... He's a slap hitter. He's not going to hit for power. Maybe if he can turn into a little bit more of a doubles guy, that'd be great. But he's going to go the other way. He's going to get you a single. He's going to keep moving that line. I think that's his peak. But his defense is not shabby. So I like seeing Vimeo Machin in there. And there was also some reports coming out on uh, updates on the injuries to A.J. Puck and uh, Chad Pender. And uh, A.J. Puck has not thrown off a mound yet, so uh, he's probably couple of weeks away at the very least. Um, I, I'm assuming longer, just because he there was he was feeling something when he was throwing, and they're waiting until that goes away. So uh IDK, I, I have. To, I don't know when he's coming back is basically my answer to that one. And then Chad Pender uh, was telling reporters, this is according to Martin Gallegos, but a lot of people tweeted this one out. But basically, Martin Gallegos said of Chad Pender that he may get some at-bats at the alternate site uh, during the A's road trip coming up. So he'll be potentially in Stockton, uh, although that could be optimistic. They, they don't know how long he's going to be out. It's basically how well does his body work respond to this arrest and uh they can't force that they can't you know give him a nice little massage or anything to loosen up that knee so it's kind of when his body's ready it's ready so I guess we'll know when we know with Chad Pender. but the A's have won 10 in a row that's the takeaway right now they, they not that they don't need these guys because Elvis Andrews has been taking a beating at the plate uh, fouling balls off his foot and his shin it can't be a lot of fun it'd be nice to have a backup plan for Elvis Andrews right now, and that would be Chad Pinder when he is healthy. But uh, the other backup plan would be Nick Allen, who probably isn't ready to hit big league pitching. And I know, ha ha ha, Elvis Andrews isn't hitting it either, but uh, they basically they're the same player at this point. Neither can necessarily hit big league pitching. They both are playing pretty decent defense outside of that error from Elvis Andrews in the ninth inning of game two, I know, but... Andrews is also owed a lot of money next year, and I don't know that they're going to start benching him because he hasn't played well for two and a half weeks at the beginning of April when they still have a lot of money owed to him over the next year. So um, there's more at play than just who's playing good, who's not. Maybe Nick Allen comes up after some time in the minors facing minor league pitching, but uh, I I don't think that that's in the cards just yet. Maybe that's something that they explore a little bit later or maybe a trade for somebody else. And then Elvis Andres could be more of like a, a bench player who comes in and does whatever he does. And that'd be a lot of fun. So they'll find a role for Elvis Andrews. He's not going away because nobody's going to eat that contract. So there's not really a ton you can do with Elvis Andrews, because he's going to be on this team next year too. Unless uh, And this is uh, this is why I'm laughing because John Fisher is not just going to like DFA Elvis Andrews and eat the money because that's not something that the A's do. That's not something that John Fisher is going to do. So uh, we can pipe dream, I guess. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be wonderful to have somebody else over there right now. But Elvis Andrews is at least getting people to steal bases. And I like that. He's playing pretty decent defense overall. So I'm not really mad at him. I'm hoping that some of these hits start falling and then he gets going and he likes, you know, stealing bases and that revs his engines or whatever he needs to get done. And uh, I, I'd love to see him on the bases more. I just need him to get more hits for that to happen. So uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. I'll, I'll talk about game two here in just a minute. So stay locked in with Locked On is and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right, my friends, we are talking about the new and improved Built Bar, which is even more delicious than it used to be. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Do I sound like an old-timey announcer? Because I felt like I kind of got there by the end of that. Uh, They also have their original 12 flavors like coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, and a a slew of others. I named four, so there are eight other flavors that are also listed here, but I'm not reading them all. You'll have to go to the website to find out what they are, or listen to previous episodes. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know what the the flavors are. And you also know that all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy, Bars And all of the Built Bars are built for health-conscious people. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live 3DA coverage from the NFL Draft on April 29th through May 1st. And with that, welcome back to the Locked on A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to follow the show wherever you like here in podcasts. Also, subscribe. You can do either one. I'm switching up words. Subscribe, follow, whichever one your podcast provider asks you to do, do that one. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into game two. Jesus Luzardo went five and a third innings pitched, got the win. He looked fantastic. He, I'll, I'll get into his hard contact here in a second, but let's give you the line. He went five and a third, gave up two hits. He walked one, struck out six. It's his best start of the season by far. Oh, he allowed zero runs. Did I did I forget to mention that he allowed zero runs? And I know that I tweeted this out, and it's going to be a tired joke by the time you're probably hearing this, but... He looked like Ricky Vaughn out there. He had been Mr. Wild Thing, but he got some glasses. And Shayna Rubin broke the the story that he was going to be wearing glasses. And I quote tweeted her with, I've seen Major League. I'm expecting dominance. And then he dominated. It was really great. Uh, I was not actually expecting dominance. I was like, "Ah, whatever happens, happens. But if the glasses work, oh boy, are we going to have fun today? Uh, And now we get to have fun because Jesus Luzardo gave us his best start of the season. He looked great. He gave up three hard hit balls. One of them was really hard hard hit and that was off the bat of Nelson Cruz. That was the double play that I was talking about. That one went 108.2 off the bat, but it ended up in a double play. So uh, no harm, no foul on that one. The second one was another ground up. This one was by Luis Arias. Uh, That one was 101 off the bat. And then the third one was a fly out by Mitch Garver. That was like 98 off the bat. So not 98.2. I don't want to jip him those those 0.2 miles per hour. Um, Yeah, he allowed hard contact, but it was good hard contact. I I know that there's not necessarily a such thing as good hard contact, but two out of three of those were on the ground, and that's where you want those. He's not giving up, you know, big, long fly balls, and that is amazing, Uh, and that's how he succeeds. He also came out pumping to stick with the Jesus wild thing, uh, Luzardo mantra here. He came out and he was pumping 99. He had not thrown 99 this season yet. He he backed down to like 96, 97 a little bit later in the game. But uh, 99, if he's pumping 99, yes, wild thing, Luzardo. I love it. I'm here for it. And I expect more of this from him. So um, we'll see what he does. If he's pitching either against Tampa Bay or Baltimore, we'll find out uh, probably in the coming days or maybe, you know, on Thursday. When uh, the season, when the series against the Orioles is, you know, more around the corner than it is right now, because we still got one more game against the Twins, and I'm very excited about this game. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that here in one second, but let's talk about Jose Barrios real quick of the Twins. He went five innings, gave up four hits, one run. He walked one, he struck out five. He also looked really, really good. And I said this before this game uh, that on the crossover podcast. Either both of them do well or both of them stink. Uh, they're both prone to a little bit more of a blow-up start. Uh, Burrios is a little bit more consistent than Luzardo, but this outing right here, this, you know, five, they they could have both gone deeper because I think uh, Luzardo threw 65 pitches. He could have gone a little bit deeper in this game, but uh, Bob Melvin decided to go with Lou Trevino, the fresh arm, one of his better relief arms this season, uh, to go go get these the meat of this lineup. Um, even though they'd been struggling, they still are lethal. You don't want to hang anything. And maybe he just, and also Luzardo would have been facing these guys the third time through the order, I believe. So that's why that bullpen move was made. And Jose Barrios was matching him step for step, except for that single from Seth Brown that came 107.4 off the bat. Seth Brown, he went two for two in this game, and he had two hard hit balls you have to like what you've been seeing from Seth Brown and he's been doing it on defense too. He made a terrific diving, tumbling, whatever kind of play you want to call it, uh, there as well. He's been looking really good and he's finally getting that, uh, that look in Oakland that a lot of us have been waiting for. So that's been a lot of fun. Seth Brown getting it done. Uh, not not much else happened in this game. It was a pretty quiet game overall. It was a pitching duel. I know that it was a seven-inning pitching duel, but you know, they, both starters went like five. But still, it was a lot of fun. A little bit of nail-biting at the end. Jake Diekman... Uh, he, he hit Nelson Cruz, so that wasn't fun. And then Elvis Andrews fumbled that ball uh, that made it set first and second with one out, I believe. Uh, so yeah, th- th- there was a little bit of trickiness going on there in the in the last inning of this doubleheader, but overall, y- you had to feel good as an A's fan. With, it, you at least had nine wins in your back pocket. And if they pull this one out, great. If not, they got another shot in the bottom of the seventh inning. And guess who was coming up? Seth friggin' Brown! He's looking great. Um, yeah, th- this team is just so much fun. There's too much to talk about, which makes it harder to focus on specific things like I usually do. So uh, I'm going to call this one good. And that was a lot of fun. The A's have won 10 in a row. They have shut out their opponents in four of the last five games. They're on fire right now. And after their game on Wednesday, they get three against the Orioles, who... Have been pitching really well, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when those two beasts, those behemoths meet up. Uh, they're, they're like a 500 team right now. We're going to find out a little bit more about them here in just one minute. So stay locked in with Locked On Is. And we're going to talk about Matt Harvey. Today's episode is brought to you guys by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is going hard right now, so is the NHL, but not too hard because they got to keep things cool so the, the the ice doesn't melt. The A's are red hot right now, so if you want to place a bet on Major League Baseball action, the A's will cover you. Um, also, if you, sports are not your thing, you can also place a bet on awards, TV shows, or reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine, and Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores, and odds. It is. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On AIDS podcast, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are also on places if you want to follow us wherever you like hearing podcasts. Please feel free to do so and leave us a rating and a review if you can. Those are always very much appreciated. Love hearing kind words. Uh, I, I need to clarify five stars is what I'm looking for here. So please rate us five stars. Those are very much appreciated. One star is not so much. Five stars, very much appreciated. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles here for just one minute. And then I'm going to we're going to have some fun with uh, Lou Trevino. We need a nickname for him. So uh, stick with me during the Baltimore section. Then we're going to talk about Lou Trevino for just a couple of minutes. So Baltimore beat the Marlins 7-5. Matt Harvey. The Dark Knight is returning, you guys. He went five and pitched gave up eight hits which is not great he's been getting hit around a fair amount he has like a five era but this start was okay. He went five innings, eight hits, three earned runs. He didn't walk anybody, which is nice. His velocity is returning a little bit, which is good for him, I think. And he also struck out four, so good for him. And then uh, Baltimore jumped out to a six to one lead, so he had plenty of room to work with. The big blows in that lead, at least home run-wise, were Freddie Galvis and Trey Mancini. They each homered in the early innings there to help stretch that lead to six to one. Uh, The Marlins did make a comeback, though. They scored two in the fifth and two in the sixth. Two of those were off of uh, Matt Harvey, if you were paying attention. He gave up three runs. He'd only given up one, so there's the other two. There you go. Uh, Baltimore added a run of their own in the eighth inning to make it 7-5, to five, and that came on a Freddie Galvis RBI single. Uh, he's been heating up a little bit, and Trey Mancini went 2-4 for four in the game with a home run, an RBI, and two runs scored. In his last three, he's hitting five hundred. He is 5-10 for 10 with a double and a home run, so the power's not quite there for him yet. Maybe he's picking it up a little bit, which we're, everybody in baseball is rooting for him after he had colon cancer last year and he's coming back. He's got a very good case for comeback player of the year if he puts up some decent numbers. I, I mentioned that in our crossover episode with uh, Connor from Locked On uh, Orioles. So uh, be on the lookout for that. He gives us a, a, a lot of Trey Mancini talk. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the... the The Baltimore Orioles are not the team that you probably are expecting right now. Over the weekend against the Rangers, they allowed four runs in three games against Texas, and uh, they can pitch apparently. They got some good guys pitching right now. One guy that Connor mentioned in our crossover who I'm going to mention right now because he saved this game. I'm not going to give you everything that Connor said because he had some very fun stuff. I, I liked hearing about this player, and that is Cesar Valdez, the Baltimore Oriole closer right now. He worked a four out save and he is just filthy, apparently. He doesn't throw hard. He basically throws like a screwball kind of sitch, and that is a lot of fun. He went uh, one in the third innings, struck out three batters, got his fourth save of the season. So the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles are an interesting team right now. I don't know that they're going to be the pushovers that everybody is expecting, but uh, the A's are also blazing hot right now. So it's going to be a lot of fun putting the A's, if they can keep swinging the bats like they have been, putting them in Oriole Park. This should be a very fun series. Uh, for for hitting, not necessarily for pitching. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, let's get into the Luttrellino thing. That those those are the th- guys that you got to watch for the Orioles right now. Uh, Trey Mancini, he's heating up really good. Cesar Valdez, he's nasty. You, you don't want to face him. I, I want to see him pitch. I do not want to see the A's face him. But let's talk about Luttrellino and his nickname because I tweeted out that he's filthy, and I'm working. I'm trying to workshop a nickname for him because I've been giving guys nicknames on this podcast, and they've been doing very well. And uh, I didn't come up with one for Elvis Andrews. That's probably why he is uh, struggling right now. So we need to come up with one for him too, but let's focus on Lou Trevino today. So I tweeted out, Lou Trevino is just nasty. We need a nickname for him on the show, like trevino Nader, like Terminator is what I was kind of going for. Uh, I- I'm not married to either of these ones. And then, or Lou Tri- Terrific. And Lou Terrific, I think is just adorable. And I don't know that it fits, but I think that it's a cute one. Um, there there was a couple that were really good uh this one's from broom Kid. not sure uh the actual name but broom Kid, they went with luminator or lou Chris, which i think might be the winner I, I should have probably saved that one for later but ludicrous is great and it's spelled l-o-u and then de Chris, and that was great and then uh aaron donaldson was having a good one he was going with trevi nope and I really like that one too. I kind of want to combine that and make it like a Trevino and a Torpedo. I don't know how to combine those two. So if you have any ideas, that would be wonderful. And then Joseph Piaz, uh, he also put Trevi no, 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 which was the, uh, and he also put the GIF of D- Dikembe Mutombo going no, no, no. And so I thought that that one was great. It might only work with the GIF though. And that's what I'm a little bit worried about. And then Michael Slattery, he he sent me Sweet, Sweet Lou. And the extra sweet does help, I believe. But I think that I'm impartial to Lou to Chris right now. If you have any other suggestions, please hit us up on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter, uh, and I will definitely retweet the best ones or any of them really. Le- re- I'll retweet any suggestions that you guys have because these are a lot of fun. I like giving guys nicknames. If you have other player nicknames, give me one for Elvis Andrews. That's the next one. I want Lou Trevino and Elvis Andrews to have nicknames on this show. We already got Walk Off Mitch. We got Vampire Jed Larry, We got uh, Use Marrow. Petit the Vulture because he keeps winning games and getting like a third of an inning to get the win so um, yeah help us out hit us up on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app if you have any questions for us please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com but that is it for me today you guys I'll be wrapping up the Minnesota series in tomorrow's episode and then on Friday I got my crossover with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles so that's what we got coming for you guys the rest of the week so until next Next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow.